This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Before we get started, we'd like to apologize for our unexpected delay. As you all know, life happens sometimes, and it happened this go-round also. We'll endeavor to stick to the schedule going forward. Our top story. No one who's been in this hobby for more than a day has looked at the acquisition process of cardboard rectangles and thought, wow, this will be super cheap and not at all expensive. Well, I'm sure the Magic Boomers did back when they started playing during Homelands or whatever. So when you started? I'll have you know I have never walked uphill both ways to an LGS. I do that all the time. Age has nothing to do with it. Is your LGS an an Escher drawing? Well, it is named Pandemonium. As I was saying before this digression, our top story! No one who started this hobby in the last decade and been involved for more than a day has looked at the process of acquiring cardboard rectangles and thought, wow, this will be super cheap and not at all expensive. Wait, do you think Homelands happened ten years ago? Are you quite finished? I I apologize. It is, however, now going to be even more expensive. On April 19th, Wizards announced they would be instituting a price increase on all Premier Set and Unfinity Draft Boosters, Set Boosters, Collector Boosters, and Bundles, as well as Jumpstart Boosters! Thus giving lie to the idea that there is no MSRP. The lack of MSRP is a sinister plot by Wizards to take over the market by funneling purchases through the Mana Vortex until it cannot contain them further, thus giving Wizards dominion over the laws of time and space. And which planet are we living on this episode? New Phyrexia. No, planet, not plane. But there's nothing on other planets in this plane that seeks dominion over the laws of time and space. That you know of. This price increase will go into effect beginning in September and will be roughly an 11% uptick. The reason for the increase is cited as the overall rising cost of materials, production, and shipping worldwide that other retail industries are also experiencing. Ever since the start of the pandemic, there has been speculation that this was only a matter of time, but it still hurts somewhat to see it happen. Commander decks aren't immune either, but the increase on these products will take effect with the Streets of New Capenna release. There are currently no additional plans to increase Commander product pricing, so at least there's some stability to look forward to. Wizards was kind enough to be clear that these changes would not impact supplemental products like Modern Horizons, Secret Lairs, or Challenger decks. Well, those are expensive enough as it is. You mean you don't think people will pay more for fancy special sets? I still haven't drafted the Modern Horizons box. I'm not paying more for another box I won't draft either. You could draft it. That would require it being safe to have people over. Okay, that's a fair point. Dominaria United will be the first set to fully experience the price increases. I mean, 11% isn't a ton for things like individual booster packs, but that's a higher percentage than most people get for a raise at their jobs. It's certainly more than I get. 
Yes, you are one of most people. I... thank you? Anytime. I am also one of most people. You are absolutely not one of most people. Product costs aren't the only casualty of the current shipping crisis. Brazil's new Capena access was somewhat limited due to all the supply chain buffoonery as well, with not every store getting their pre-release product as planned. The rest of the new Capena product, minus Commander decks, should be distributed as planned, but those missing pre-release kits belong to the Mana Vortex now. Or they could just arrive a little bit late. No, they're gone forever to appease the Vortex. Our next story. Another exciting series of events from the past is making an appearance in the present. Command Fests are coming back just in time to celebrate the release of Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. And thus many await their chance at a real magic event. Assuming one is close enough to you to justify the effort, yes. After all, there are only 15 total events worldwide, 7 in North America, 3 in Europe, 3 in Asia and the Pacific Islands, and 2 more in Latin America. The return will happen over June and July of this year, with the first event kicking off in Richmond, Virginia, June 3rd through 5th. Each event will be run by a different vendor, as opposed to previous ones that were all run by the same organizer, thus breaking the grand monopoly of event hosting. As a consequence, the pricing and promo distribution will differ from event to event. Which does require a bit more research if you're looking to find the best value for your money, especially accounting for potential travel, lodging fees, food, etc. Are you planning on going to one? Yes, luckily I live close enough to one of the North American events that I can do a one-day event without needing a hotel room. What about yourself? I am high risk. I'm not going to anything until the pandemic is actually over, which I will remind you that it isn't, despite large chunks of America and the rest of the world deciding it's over because they're tired of it. Which is an incredibly fair point. Remember, folks, in order to keep your fellow planeswalkers safe, it is important to mask up for any indoor events, ideally with a good N95 or KN95 mask, keep it on at all times, and to take a rapid test before entering the hall whether or not it's required for entry. Don't be the one to bring the Phyrexian oil across the plains. It's time for a quick break. But when we return, Diz will have a breakdown of the new Capenna mechanics, we'll have information about arena updates, and more. Hi, Janky here on behalf of MTGNexus.com. Are you looking for a site to talk about the latest magic news? Find new brews to take your decks to the next level. Talk about the latest topics? Ask people's advice listen to great interviews, or just hang out. Have I got the website for you? MTGNexus.com has all this and more. You can even see us go head-to-head at twitch.tv slash MTGNexus and talk to us about the game. MTGNexus.com. I'll see you there. Welcome back! With the streets of New Capenna release right around the corner, there's a whole barrel of new mechanical monkeys ready to be played. So we'll go to Diz to hear more about them. <laughs> 
Diz? Thank you, Kit. A new set with five new factions, of course, means five new abilities. First up, the Obscura. Blue-white-black is a color combo that's known for harboring conniving strategies, and there's finally a mechanic name that fits it. Connive. Isn't that just a bit on the nose? Ironically, subtlety isn't really the strong suit for these colors. Very true. A creature that connives lets the controller draw a card, then discard a card, gaining a plus one plus one counter if a non-land card is discarded. It's important to note that a creature that dies can still connive if the ability triggers before the creature's death, so be watchful of those trigger resolutions. Next up is the blue-black-red Maestros with Casualty. Casualty allows the casting player to sacrifice a creature with power and or greater while the spell with Casualty resolves. If the caster does, the spell is copied. All sorts of card types can do it, including the new Omnixilis Planeswalker spell. That isn't terrifying or anything on the other side of the table. Why would it be? Thirdly, we have the black-red-green Riveteers and their mechanic Blitz. Blitz is an alternate casting cost that gives some Riveteer creatures haste in exchange for sacrificing the creature at your end step. It also lets the creature's controller draw a card when the Blitz creature dies, so you're not just losing a body. Fourth up, the red-green-white Cabaretti are here to help you politic with Alliance. Wait, they're reprinting that set? No, Alliance Singular. Alliance is the most straightforward of the five with whatever ability the Alliance having creature shows triggering whenever another creature enters the battlefield. That is surprisingly straightforward. Not when you think about the color combination. Good point. Finally, the green-white-blue brokers are ready to be unbroken with shield counters. Resembling a spiritual successor to totem armor, a permanent with a shield counter on it has protection from destruction or damage. If either of those would happen to the permanent, the shield counter is instead removed, and these counters can stack. So the more shield counters, the more invulnerability that permanent has. The only other relevant mechanic is the return of Hideaway, which gets an update by having more than one quantity of cards players can look at. Otherwise, there's just new cards to play and games to win. Jank? Thank you, Diz! Our next story, the arena economy has undergone some shifts that we've already discussed, but in the April 21st state of the game, even more changes were announced. Players can now purchase packs on the program in even more ways. Both gems and gold can be used for every available pack quantity, because apparently Arena is run by dwarves. And soon after the new Capenna release, this change will be implemented across all sets. Dwarves, huh? Anyway, while the economy still isn't quite where players want it, it's somewhat hardening to see any shift in favor of accessibility. Last episode, we were pleased to bring you the announcement that Tabletop Premier Play was returning. In this episode, ISO is presumably pleased to bring you details about the digital half of the equation. ISO? Indeed I am, Kit. The first change we see is to the Arena Qualifier Weekend structure. In addition to ranking up via the ladder, there will be new events called Qualifier Play-Ins. There are two versions of these, both best of one and best of three, each of which is one day. The best of one events will occur one week prior to the corresponding qualifier event, and the best of three will be one day before. The formats can either be constructed or limited, and reaching the maximum win amount allows entry into the actual qualifier weekend. Either 20,000 gold or 4,000 gems will allow entry. 
Four qualifier weekends will feed each of the arena championships, which happen three times a year now, just like the Pro Tour events, and beginning in September, players can qualify for both tabletop and digital play via these events. Players who prefer Magic Online as their digital Magic experience aren't left out of the running. If you qualify for the final eight player showcase event, you are automatically qualified for the Pro Tour as well, and if you win or come in second, you're entered into the World Championship event. More details about both of these programs will be available through the year, and we'll be here to bring you that info. Kit. Thank you, ISO. It's time for our second break, and when we come back, Hasbro opens up about their finances, as well as responds to the suggestion of wizard splitting, and mental health and Magic the Gathering join hands. This Saturday, April 30th, four players enter, four players leave. 9 p.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash Nexus. Join us to watch some spell-slinging, cardboard-flinging action with Wildfire, Chet E, and more. Who will be the last two guests? What decks will our four master spellcasters be playing? Who knows? I sure don't. Twitch.tv slash Nexus, April 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Be there. Watch the carnage. Welcome back. Our next story. Hasbro had their quarterly earnings call recently discussing how the company is performing and how each of its various branches and departments contribute to that performance. Surprising just about no one, it was revealed that Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is the best-selling winter release set of all time, the fifth set ever to break $100 million in sales revenue, and the third best-selling set of all time. Almost like this is something players have been asking Wizards to bring us for the last several years. Strange, that. Even stranger is the fact that Hasbro has come out fighting against the suggestion by Alta Fox to separate Wizards of the Coast and have it manage itself independently. At the shareholder meeting coming up on June 8th, Alta Fox intends to install five new directors who would fight to push WotC into its own brand once more. Hasbro responded on April 25th with a letter stating that they believe Alta Fox's fight is poorly timed, citing Chris Cox's massive success running the Wizards of the Coast division before being made CEO, and basically saying that Alta Fox has no real understanding of the Hasbro corporate structure at all. I want to know how someone who owns 2.5% of the company has such an outsized influence. That's not very much. The financial markets are so much smoke and mirrors, that's how. Is this the cutthroat nature of corporate life? I'm not very high up in the corporate chain myself, so I wouldn't know, but, you know, probably. I work in government, I know even less about how the corporate chain works. Well, either way, June 8th is sure to be interesting from a consumer standpoint. It certainly is. Our final story. May 14th and 15th, we will see a mental health charity streamathon featuring magic players and content creators from all corners of the world. 
organized by Hub's Q of the Goblin Lore Podcast. The streamathon will be set to benefit Nami. Hub sat down with Jank to speak about what Nami is and why the stream is so important. I'm here with Hobbs Q, our first ever four Pete guest. Hobbs, thank you for joining us once again. I don't know what that says about the quality of your show, but I'm glad to be back. It's I a, mean, I love being here, but it says <laughs> you more have about to be the back quality of your time? standards that you've been here four times. <laughs> okay, we're gonna spin it that way. This is the this is a show about spinning things, right? Right, exactly. Okay. This is this is the the in excess factor. <laughs> wow i appreciate that yeah that was everything about it yeah that was i i'm proud that i was able to remember the actual word of the original show i'm goofing on for that uh because i have i appreciate watched, it i haven't watched that Fantastic. channel since i was like 14 because my grandfather loved it um but he's dead now so i guess i get the last laugh <laughs> you know i wasn't sure where to go from here but i guess you've set the bar <laughs> well i mean speaking of raising questions about mental health you're here to tell us first of all about a, about a mental health charity stream in may but before we get into that why don't you remind our listeners or tell our listeners who've just joined in and haven't heard one of your previous guest appearances, who you are and what you do with magic. And have already shut off. <laughs> so I am, <laughs> uh, I am Hobbs Q. Uh, I am a clinical psychologist by day, and I am a co-host of the Goblin Lore podcast by night. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q or under the Goblin Lore pod, which uh, so people have not heard it before. We're, a podcast that is actually coming up on our fourth anniversary. June will be four years of doing this cast. We are almost to 150 episodes. Um, and this cast has really came out of this idea of wanting to take real life concepts and, you know, look at them through the lens of Magic the Gathering. Uh, early on, that was a lot of really lore based kind of just story beats and how did that relate to everything from mental health to social issues. Um, we're focusing on a lot of elements of magic outside of just, well, when we talk lore, we're talking more of the broad context of even cosplay or community. It's really the focus on the gathering, but still trying to kind of look at modern day real world concepts through that lens of, of the game we all play or talk about and don't play given the state of the world. All right. Um, and as one of the honestly, your y'all's podcast is probably uh, and I, we don't have stats on this, of course, because there's no official ranking system. But y'all's podcast is probably the <laughs> biggest proponent in the magic sphere of content creation for mental health, taking care of one's mental health and trying to just provide resources and helpfulness in that regard. Um, yeah. And we've got this charity streamathon, uh, as we're going to just call it, um, from May 14th and 15th. Uh, coming yeah, up let's for... just give that name now. <laughs> yeah, the charity. I'll let the other people helping me <laughs> with it just know that it's now called. It's now just, it's the mental health charity streamathon 3.0 or something. I don't. The second don't know. annual. The second annual the mental one. health charity streamathon. Um, but this time it's over two days instead of yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. 
benefiting uh nami is how i think i'm saying it from now on i don't know if that's right yeah yeah nami um, nami nami um basically it's a it's an acronym n-a-m-i uh dot org so they are the national alliance on mental illness they are a uh they're an organization in the United States that really uh, works kind of at the legislative level and then all the way down to the local level to really kind of combat stigma around mental health, um, laws that may be unjust or target people with that live with a mental illness or live with mental health concerns. Um, what I like about them, there's the national side of things, which is where we're donating to because we're it's the easiest thing to set up kind of to for a stream for the Tiltify. But if you donate to your local chapter of NAMI, which there are, are many of them throughout the U.S., the money that is raised by those local levels stays local. So they are used for efforts within kind of your region and your area specifically to kind of help with mental health uh, in lots of different ways. Like I said, the, the legislative level, holding fundraisers, holding events. So they uh, out here we normally we have like a 5K walk they do. They hold a lot of panels. They run groups for people with mental health concerns that they can access through video. They run groups for family members. So that's one of the other things that they really do is they advocate to kind of have family involvement and to kind of help teach family members about mental health and what that means. It's just kind of across the board, a very good, solid organization. Okay. Um, so we know that it's going to be a two day long event, which obviously means an absurd number of players and content creators and hosts being involved. Uh, other than yourself in way too many games for, for your own health, let's be honest here, because you just don't know how to, how to take it easy. <laughs> um, who are some of the, who are some of the, other it, it was a very, it, it is an, in, it's an intentional decision this time. <laughs> I actually took the day off after the charity event from work because it was very intentional that I wanted to be able to plan a lot. But last time we had done even the one day, I was completely just fried by the end of the day. And now we're doing two. And we're doing <laughs> a mental health panel on one of those days that I'm also on. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I wasn't, but I, I will say I was more intentional than I was last year. <laughs> I mean, that. Intentional or not, that still sounds like it's probably just a lot. Um, so yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, so who are who are some of the other players and streamers that you know of are going to be involved? Yeah, so um, you know we're we're putting together the final list right now. I think we have every host kind of down um, so far. Uh, so like uh, M uh, MTG Nexus right here is going is one of the hosts that we have um you know I, th I think that you know i believe yourself wildfire and kaburi are all going to play in a game um we have everybody from amber mtg stacked stacked edh so ken ken bauman um we are doing we are running back a four-player krakoff uh so <laughs> krakashima's all around four players Last time we did this in a in a stream, we within a two hour block we got in like seven games. Uh, the pod MTG, um, moderately anonymous MTG, and that's going to actually be a CEDH game. With uh, right now is I mean we're hoping it's going to hopefully have uh, Nathan Hermit Druid and Mister Fitzy Fitz. The uh, Crabs MTG is running a military focused game. I mean we're really trying to kind of get all of these involvement from uh, just 
representation that's within our magic community. So we, you know, we have a game that's going to be all military. Um, Gregory Sablon is running a game. So he's a member of the CAG. He's running a game that's going to be uh, basically bringing in all Europe players. So because we've, you know, in the past, the time difference, we didn't have games that were very easy for them to get into. Um, Unsummoned Skull, the Rules Committee. So Sheldon is hosting, but the Rules Committee is using a slot. Chase, obviously, given that they are the third host of our show and kind of a big mental health uh, proponent. Chase will also be joining me for the panel. Um, Levdeb, and then um, I think we have Veggie Wagon. Yeah, like and, and like <laughs> the, the the list of the hosts are just fantastic. And then we're closing it out with Mental Misplay. And if people don't know Mental Misplay, um, Alan <laughs> from Mental Misplay is just huge, huge proponent of um, charity and charity events in particular. And we really wanted him to be able to close out kind of the night. Uh, right now, assuming it all works out, because once again, things can change. We, that's another game with myself. The very, very last game, hopefully, is going to be myself, Sheldon, and Jim from Spike Feeders. Uh, we also have Rachel Weeks playing as, as of right now. I mean, th th we had a lot of people that want to be involved. And, and, and right now, we're filling out some of those pods. And I still have a list of just content creators, passionate people that just reached out to me when I put out a call saying like, hey, what are we going to like, you know, we're doing this again. I want to kick it up to two days instead of one. And the response has just been amazing. It, it has that group chat. Uh, the first several days was was to as the youths <laughs> would say was kind of lit fam. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I always hate starting those chats. And at the same time, like, I love them. And I also know from being in them that, like, people love to to talk. And then all of a sudden, like, some poor person comes back to just, like, unreadable mentions, basically. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's been a thing. I and mean, assuming people are still listening uh, now that I've used the words lit and fam it, twice in a row. Um <laughs> And we, the kids and, and the youths. I did mention the youth. That's true. Maybe they're still listening since they use mm. the words. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the big idea behind all this is just that we really wanted to be able to kind of kick off, you know, we did this last year around the same time because we, we did it in May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month in the U.S. And we really started, you know, it's been two years of kind of building up. You know, the first year we just kind of, did a lot of tweets under the mental health MTG hashtag, uh, which is a hashtag that I attempt to use every Tuesday morning when I have a kind of this, these breaks from work. Um, and I, um, I, when I work on this, like that's one of the things that's really important to me is that I would like um, just more people talking. And so I would say that, you know, the, using that hashtag is a first good start. And from there, we built out to kind of just had, we had a lot of content creators that that ran with that and kind of told stories or, or took elements to it. Um, the next year, we we did the first of the charity events, um, and it went very, very well. Uh, we ran back a kind of a smaller one in September as part of Suicide Awareness. And at that point, we kind of wanted to look to the future of being able to keep this going. You know, in-play is coming back, uh, or in-person play is coming back. But I still think there's going to be room for large-scale events like this um i know i know i you know it's just it's a way that kind of the community can come together uh the infrastructure is there that makes it really possible and kind of easy to do and it's just a, a great way i think for everybody to kind of just get involved it just even 
a small level, just starting to kind of hear the stories. Uh, I'm encouraging kind of all the hosts to, or, or all the players and hosts to, if they feel comfortable, talk about mental health, if they have concerns or if they struggle with that. If not, just talk about self-care, but really aimed at just getting conversations going. That is, that's kind of my ultimate goal. Makes total sense. Cause uh, t- in my own experience, holding it in just does not help. Um, so it is a charity streamathon, which usually has some sort of incentive aside from the goodness in people's hearts to convince people to donate. So uh, assumingly there would be, there will be prizes or drawings of that nature. Correct. Yes, there there are. We we do have we have people that have been like um, that have sponsored or or are donating uh, prizes to the show. And once again, this runs the gamut from you know actual like companies to just people on Twitter who wanted to throw in uh, a, a sealed precon that they had, or you know token sets from like Infinite Tokens, or you know um, we've we've got uh, copies of cards, extended altered. Alt, altered extended art cards um we have a full set booster box that's been thrown in so i mean and, and all of that is just stuff that's come straight from just people that reached out and said that they wanted to be able to contribute to that uh on the the other side you know you as we said we kind of talked about the um more of the quote-unquote corporate of people that were willing to so um quiver quiver is donating a quiver case a bolt case uh some deck boxes a citadel deck box which are amazing um rote runner <laughs> so <laughs> what's kind of funny is alex and i being the co-host of the, of the goblin lord podcast we decided even to kind of go outside of you know who we asked you know and you know i have people that are helping me kind of put this on um seth cross and then uh, is really taking a lot of the work on the logistics and you know working on getting some of these donations but alex and i were just kind of like well we love Rote Runner. I mean, to the point where we've now talked about them, done a giveaway of our own, <laughs> and just like mentioned them almost weekly. Well, when we met with the the person who designed this planner, uh, it's, if you haven't ever seen it before, the Goblin Lore pod from this past week on basically Rote Runner is a, it's a mindfulness based planner for people to use. It is a very different than your traditional just like calendar. And I will say that listening to the episode explains a lot about why I think it is effective he threw in like 10 that he's sending me um we've got some matching going on i don't want to announce that yet because i don't really fully know the whole details on it right but we also have pinfinity is is doing a set um grinding coffee company so the other sponsor of the goblin lord podcast uh who who we have kind of like a a deal with that you can get a discount uh on your coffee (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned earlier on you and i were talking it already coffee but uh they're giving out sampler packs i mean it's it's just you know we we, we kind of love these these things like rote runner and grindy coffee company that are not just traditional just magic stuff uh somebody donated uh is donating a cross stitch that you can hang up that just is a cross stitch of did you pay the one <laughs> that's 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 that sounds like a desert bus giveaway prize. Right? What? <laughs> it, I mean, that's and that's what we, you know, we're trying to I think as we're doing this, we are trying to think of like the other things that are, you know, that, that magic players can get that they might be able to get through our right. event. They may not be able to get through others. Just kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, completely understand. All right. Um, So 
really quick before we go, tell us uh, if people are, for whatever reason, unable to donate during the stream, what is the easiest way to find the lo localist, the most local branch of NAMI they can donate directly to? Yeah, so I would say, you know, one of the biggest things is to do, um, you could just Google NAMI local chapters. And the other thing that I would say that's really important to do, uh, or sorry, not important to do, to know is we're <laughs> actually already working on setting up the Tiltify link. And one aspect of that is we're going to have that available and, and people will be able to still win prizes off of just that donation. Um beforehand even before the event is up we're going to actually keep it running for longer than just the two days setting it up prior to be able to go live but you know if people really are looking for kind of that you know just their local chapter um then you could just google nami.org uh that's the place to start <laughs> or you can look at doing your um just yeah that's where nami.org will let you to get to your local chapter uh may 14th 15th uh, what time will the first yep. pod be firing off? So 8 a.m. Eastern. Cool. So that's because we want to get some of our Euro our Euro guests to be able to join us. Um, we're trying to think outside of just, like I said, our U.S. audience. And we are running all the way till at least midnight Eastern time. Um, so that we're hoping to, be able to get some of the Pacific people to at least be able to jump in and watch. Um, even if And hopefully be able to play at times that are a little bit better for them. But if any of you Eastern uh, or Pacific people want to join into an 8 a.m. pod, we still have one on Sunday. You can be up at 5 a.m. and start playing. <laughs> that sounds, uh, I got to be honest, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> but then again, I'm on Eastern time, yeah. so that's different. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and Hobbs, where can people find you or the podcast or anything that you would like to plug before we go? Yeah. So um, you can find us uh, at the Goblin Lore Pod. Um, so at Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter. We have a link there to our link tree, which has kind of everything from my Twitter, our Discord channel, our discounts through Zencaster, our discounts through the Grinding Coffee Company. Um, everything can kind of be found through that link tree. So if you just go to the Goblin Lore Pod, you'll be able to find us everywhere. All right. That just about does it. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me again. MTG Nexus will be hosting one of the stream slots, so be sure to tune in at 8 p.m. EST on May 14th. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.